1: Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Holy
2: crap, Worf. (laughs) Right?
1: (laughs) The others are uh, making their way. Um, There's some technical difficulties going on tonight. But we wanted to go ahead and get started uh, because we're back to talk about Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Did you see it, Keith? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was so, good. Spoilers from here on out for Star Trek Picard, uh, season three, episode two, Disengage. And um, I think a lot of our speculation from last week uh, panned out.
2: Yeah, While well, we talking about <laughs> the the fact that British accents are inherited? <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> that and um, yeah, and the handler. I think a lot of what we were talking about was was right. On. Not that they were super prophetic, <laughs> you know, predictions. Right.
2: You yeah, know they weren't they weren't hard to guess. Then you posted right. something about that from the show. What was that again you posted about disengage? Oh, uh,
1: that I said that yeah, I tried I try to post about it in the morning, but I don't want to post anything mm-hmm. spoilery. But what I did post was that this episode had my favorite moment of the entire series of Star Trek Picard. My favorite what? single moment. And let, let's hold off on that until okay. Okay. maybe we'll get some more uh, some, some more of our hosts to join us. But um <laughs> I mean,
2: what were your overall impressions? I thought it was really good. I thought it was moving well. It seems like a completely different series than mm. the Picard I've seen the first two uh, seasons. The right. um, Now, the, the season two opened with two two episodes that I guess you could call action-packed, when they first discovered the, the Borg ship, and then right. they went to that alternate Nazi fascist, or fascist, I guess I should say, or totalitarian timeline. And then the first season had a bunch of action with the Borg cube and stuff like that. But they never really felt kind of the same. And I mm-hmm. hate to use this, but this really does feel more like kind of old-school Trek in terms of the yep. action and so forth. I like that. Mm-hmm. Something else that really surprised... I'm not going to say surprised me, is Jonathan Frakes is and always has been a very kind of charming, charismatic actor, mm. and every time he's on screen, I just like him. Yeah, you know, I just like. Hey, hey, Alan.
1: Hey, welcome, Alan Siler, to the Hello. show. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a
2: that was a great discussion of Star Trek Picard. Join us next week.
1: Uh, <laughs> right.
3: See you around the galaxy.
2: <laughs> What's up, Alan? I, hey, we're, to,
3: we're, I, we're I ended just up getting just started. I ended up just rebooting my computer and that seemed to fix whatever the thing was that was oh, good. unfixing.
1: So, right. here I am. Yay. Turn it off and I, turn it on again. Right. <laughs> jokes there for a reason.
2: Exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working I've been working in IT for 30 years and a number of times I've got cussed out by people who have pretty much said, "You work in IT and this is all you t- tell me to do is reboot the computer?" <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's true. One quick thing I wanted to see is we were talking about what we liked about the show, but also if we want to get kind of some quick feelings from you from last week, since you weren't with us last week. Okay. Um, like what you thought about the, the season opener before. Okay. I
3: have sort of two angles here. One, mm-hmm. um, and this is based on this week. I, I, I'm just going to go on record to say that I am really enjoying – seeing watching a season of star trek picard that actually is trying to be a star trek series yes mm. okay right the second thing is that last week i i liked it but i kind of felt like it is um it was like starting off in too much of a negative place, you know, like, um, first of all, they went back to the, we have to find a ship kind of thing that they did the first season, but they also did a lot of, you know, like I I realized she was undercover, but they sort of started out by setting up, uh, Rafi, you know, back in the drug den kind of thing. They have, um, um, uh, Beverly who has basically separated herself from all of her old crewmates. Mm -hmm. They have, Uh, They're strongly hinting that Riker and Troy are on the outs. And it Mm -hmm. just seemed like everything that they were doing was sort of like reminiscent of that first season where nobody liked each other. And it just got so depressing that first season. Mm. The only thing that saved the first episode this year was the the Riker and, and Picard relationship which right. was just right in there. But other than that, I thought it was a great season opener. And this week was just like slam bang. I was like, here we are. We're doing star Trek.
2: Right. Yeah. One one thing to uh, follow up what you're saying, Alan, one thing you, you might've heard, we talked about last week was it was good, but there were some tropes. Like you said, yes, you would yes. think somehow between a, an admiral and a captain, they wouldn't have to do the old steal the ship kind of thing, kind of sort of thing. That's, that's right. a little too contrived. Yeah. A little bit too contrived. Or at least they have a better
3: plan to steal a, a ship. Thank you for a better plan. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, that dude, they walked into that dude's ready room and he's like, Nope. Cause I see through your BS like that. You're not pulling anything <laughs> over my eyes. And it was like, that was, it was just kind of funny. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And i I also commented on Rafi because I, 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 you know, I have said more than once, um, if this is a personal thing, but as a black person, I don't like her portrayal sometime. Yeah. And I was also a little concerned that she was going to be yet the be, because it's, you know, it's, this is, a personal thing. I speak for me and my wife. Um, having a black <clears throat> woman is basically having a drug problem at the time when nobody's really supposed to have that. It just frustrates me. But if yeah. the angle of her as an agent and stuff, And even, I'll get to this later, but even the relationship with her husband, if they can kind of make that kind of more realistic in something, I think I'm better with it because she's a good actress. And I have to be honest, Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized what a good actress she was until just these last couple episodes.
3: And I I do like the fact that they used sort of our preconceived notion of her to try and trick us into not thinking that she's actually an undercover agent. You know, that she has like backslid into... Her, her previous ways. Um, it didn't work, but I, I still appreciate the effort that they went to for that. That's still just, I don't know. I just didn't. At first I was just like, I, I can't even articulate it now. I'm just making no sense. I'm just right. making noises. And that's just not good for a <laughs> podcast.
2: Well, I think Charles, yeah. had actually, Charles had actually posted last week that your charge was kind of fan service a little bit last week or mm-hmm. something like that. Some old trope that they brought back.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, but they're they're going heavy on the fan service. Oh yes. It's like I said last week, is a lot like what they did in Enterprise season four. Um mm-hmm. start loading yeah. the fan service because they know that there's a lot of there's a big section of the fandom that hasn't been satisfied with our card. And even people who are open to it or fans of it were were disappointed with season two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, I think in a lot of cases, they're using it well. I mean, sometimes it's just like, and here's Rachel Garrett, you know. <laughs> exactly. Two-horned. Exactly. But I think, well, um, I think it's using the lore of the universe. Right. Exactly. And it, it's, it's sort
3: of similar in the way that Lower Decks does it. It's that, that Lower Decks often does it for the comedic effect, whereas this is just a sense of you here. You are the fan. We are showing you that this is Star Trek made for the fan right and that's yeah. good i mean that's there's nothing wrong with that as long as a good story is built around it and i keep seeing people especially today who are like start uh, picard season two uh, season three episode two is out and boy is it just great i got burnt last season but this season is just terrific and i've i keep saying i didn't get burnt last season until halfway through so there's still right. time for some burning Yeah, I'm not like putting all my eggs in this one little starship. I'm like, you
1: know, right. Taking it week on week. I'm very, very happy with it so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I am enjoying the character interactions a lot more. And I mean, it is fun seeing the old crew back together. I do wish that there had been space in the show for the season one and two cast to continue on, you know, just like I wouldn't Uh have wanted them to ditch the next gen cast in season two and bring back the original series characters, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but I mean, it is fun seeing Picard and Riker again. It's fun building on Crusher. It's fun getting to war for a second, you know? Yes. And it's fun. It's fun having
3: a Starship-based show. Mm-hmm. Now, they're in space. I'm going to say, huh? <laughs> and they're in space, which is nice. Exactly. And so I'm going to say that with the number of shows that uh, they're turning out right now, not all of them have to be starship based they don't even have to be space based you know there is room with the amount of content that's coming out for other angles other explorations of the star trek universe star trek picard is not the place to do that right right star trek picard needs to be on a ship and in space so Mm. i'm very 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 happy that that's where we are this year
1: So, I mean, do we want to start off with uh, the big revelation about Picard, or we want to save that for later on in the show? (laughs) Yeah, we can save. I mean, we all kind of saw it coming. I mean, we—I know. I don't think it surprised
3: anybody. And the funny thing is, huh? Did you guess that last week? Oh my God! Yes, of course. I mean, (laughs) why wouldn't they do that? Right. I mean, <laughs> come on! But here's the thing: they used Riker in this episode to basically say all the stuff that the audience is saying. Oh, he was—he is saying he is the audience voice saying, "Aren't you seeing the thing that we see right in front of our eyes?" He's like,
1: "We're not going to talk about this."
2: <laughs> right. That was
1: great. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean. It, it wasn't a surprise to anybody, and I'm I'm predisposed not to want Picard and Crusher to have a kid. I didn't like it when they did it in the books. I think it's kind of cheesy. It's too much David Marcus. But, I mean, I think that – well, when, like Keith, you were just asking me a minute ago. I posted this morning on Facebook my favorite moment from Picard. The series entirely was in this episode, and that was that moment when, when Crusher came onto the bridge, and they sort of – they had that silent exchange, and I just thought that was just so well done.
3: Oh, that wow. Yeah, great. it was. That yeah.
1: was great, right? Yeah. And I love that they followed that moment with another great moment, which was Picard acting like Picard for a minute. Yes. Because so much of the show, he's been a very passive character. Yes. And mm-hmm. you know, like he gets an emergency c- communique from Crusher after all these years, and then he goes to talk to Laris. What should I do? Then he goes to talk to Riker. What should I do? <laughs> like, imagine Picard. that we knew in the show is not talking to anybody about what I should do. He's like, engage, you know, like he's exactly.
3: exactly. And, and he does, you know, he does have those moments where he does talk to Mm -hmm. people to see what he should do. And it's the conference room scenes on the enterprise D and often he already knows what he's going to do. He just gets their feedback to either reinforce it or to let them
1: think that they're having a voice. (laughs) <laughs> right, but they—I mean, they—they they have a tendency, initially, to write Picard as a, uh, as a more passive character no, than he ever I, was. I and totally I don't, agree with that. I don't know if they intend for him to come off as doddering but yeah, he does a lot. Uh, as agree. a frail old man, which is mean, not a criticism. It's just a—it's thirty years later. I get it. He's not the Picard that he was was. But it was sure. really nice to see him for a moment take command oh, of that bridge 100%. and bark yeah, commands man. at people. Yes, admiral's orders. That's right. I was like, "F yes, man, <laughs>
2: dude." <laughs> That's for some it. reason, I haven't read any of the books, but for some reason, maybe because of the um, series finale of TNG, All Good Things, I had assumed that Riker was an admiral also. Only because maybe I saw him as an admiral in that alternate future and All Good Things. Mm. So I didn't realize he retired as a, uh, or he's in, is he in reserve or something like that? As a captain. For some reason, I thought he was also an admiral.
1: Are you talking uh, about on the show or in the book series? On the show he's talking
2: On about. the show. On the show
1: he's uh, an admiral. He was an admiral in charge of the Romulan evacuation fleet. He was promoted to admiral. No, that. He's, he's talking about Riker. Riker. Oh no, Riker's a captain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I know. In all good things, Riker was an admiral. Right. Again, that was an alternate future. So it was funny. I came in assuming he was going to be an admiral. I didn't realize mm. he was a captain. Yeah. But that's. Yeah, good. I
1: mean, in, in this version of the storyline, though, he had a family and a sixth child, and sort of retired off to make pizzas out of <laughs> out of rabbits. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I sure, and I this is a, a slightly off topic, but I sure do hope we get some Kestra this season because mm. yeah, oh Kestra my god, great. I loved her so much. Right. I, I'm, I, I'm really, the whole like, uh, my wife and I are estranged is such a BS trope that I just hate, and yeah. I hate that they employed it with with these characters. So mm-hmm. I'm. I know that there's going to be a, you know, reconciliation, and I just hope that we get to see the family together because I really want more Kestra.
0: Um, yeah, I thought Kestra was
1: great.
3: God, she was fantastic. Okay, so Matt Sweatman says, does it feel like to you that they're stealing so many story elements from Wrath of Khan? Well, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, there, Charles? I mean, they this. They're drawing a lot of inspiration from the Star Trek movies, generally, exactly. from the TNG movies and the TOS movies. Uh, but I mean, all the movies—not all, but most of the movies—ripped off Wrath of Khan in some way. But yeah. yeah, it's a lot of it's the big the evil, uh, the the villain with a big evil revenge plot of some kind, and yeah. the estranged son, and you know, right. things like that. Is there so were. Nice. There were moments this week that I, I I literally
3: felt like I was watching Wrath of Khan and other moments that I literally felt like I was watching First Contact. Yeah. So they are being incredibly cinematic, not mm-hmm. only in the look but in the storytelling. They're being right. they're being big screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm loving it.
2: And I welcome Veronica
3: that, uh, to the show. Hey,
2: Hello uh, Veronica. I made a note that did you notice when they showed is it Vadix Captain Vadic? The name? Vadic, the, the the sound associated with the ship sounded very much like Viger to me from um, hmm. the original if that's okay. kind of a weird sound that I kept going, that's almost the music from the Viger cloud from Star Trek the motion picture. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I can't tell I can't tell if I like Vaddock or not, but Vaddock is certainly somebody I can't ignore because she she's kind of maniacal. I mean, she Lily's mm. like get, get, she's getting off on the chase, and yeah, she, you know, she's one of those kind of happy, crazy, dangerous people.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's she's mm-hmm. chewing up the scenery and having a good time. Yeah,
2: yeah, What yeah, do you think about that. her? You like yeah.
1: it? Matt also uh,
3: points out them taking the battle into the cloud and even the even the mm-hmm. playing field. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I like Vatic fine so far. I guess yeah. she's she's kind of like Osira was in Discovery. Mm-hmm before she yeah. was interesting where yeah. maybe she'll get interesting and maybe she won't. I don't know. I did the like <laughs> Starfleet. I mean, v- Vindicta did that better. <laughs> I, thought. I,
3: th- I thought that the closing the episode with like the, the, the screen going to black, but you still hear the trail of her like maniacal laughter <laughs> was so cheesy
1: like awesome power style where they just like let it like die down yeah (laughs) oh that was
3: so tacky yeah
1: well yeah i mean she's a a villain with an evil spaceship and there's some kind of weird weapon loaded in that torpedo bay that they're setting up now we'll find out later but i mean we'll
2: see yeah my god speaking of the weapons inventory of her ship holy crap well they had
3: They they probably don't have a crew, so every like crew quarter, every room is like just stacked with like torpedoes <laughs> and stuff, and it's just like every square <laughs> inch. So that basically, there's five people on the bridge. Every other bit
1: of space is full of weapons, right? Yeah, well, like, be. and she's a bounty hunter. Like, what do you need yeah. have to be a bounty hunter for?
2: <laughs> yeah, because she can take out a Federation starship. And I know the Titan's not a Galaxy class or whatever, but. Man, yeah, because Shaw said more than once, we can't win a fight with her. Right. Um, I, and I, yeah.
0: What I I'm confused it, about is mm-hmm. the Titan came to the Cerritos rescue. The old Titan. Okay, so they upgraded the Titan, but downgraded it.
1: Yeah, but I guess I mean he, they were rescuing them from pack leads also. So.
0: But still, the pack are supposed to have. But like,
1: you mean super as far enemies. as the the. As lower decks is portraying Riker's Titan is like the big Correct. hero ship that can like kick butt yes. and everything, and then in this one it's they
0: can't do anything,
1: right? Well, this one's more of a science vessel. I mean, presumably it's not the same ship. It doesn't look like the same ship, and it has an A on it. I like I said last week, we'll see what actually happens with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had the same thought that like it's not the big hero ship that's going to destroy a fleet, but also it was a fleet of pack leads, so maybe this Titan could have destroyed a fleet of pack leads also. Yeah, you know, I was just in. Mean, I was just, I in, sorry. I was just
3: in L.A. this past week, and I am so disappointed that I did not get a chance to go to Cerritos and get a picture taken with like a Cerritos street sign or something. Right, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Tiger Blade <laughs> two thousand two says, "Sorry, I'm late. Hey, we're you are forgiven. You yeah." Welcome. You, and matt says i think it's more the captain shaw not wanting to get in a fight i really like captain shaw do you i know we're not supposed to i know that right. they're <laughs> painting him as the anti-picard and everything but mm-hmm. but you know I, <laughs> i'm really liking him
2: <laughs> right he's an, he's an interesting character and he is he is generating discussion online, mm-hmm. whether people like him or not, because one thing I find interesting, which I think is completely wrong, and we've had this discussion, everybody keeps comparing him and putting him in the exact same mold as Captain Jellico. Yeah. and exactly. i don't think they're in the exact same mold at all no i, just, I don't but everybody's seen and that just shows you know I, I think that's a great debate one of the best debates in star trek history about Jellico. i think that goes to show that the people who hate Jellico just hate Jellico, and they just lump them all together because i see some people he's just like Jellico, and blah blah, blah. i'm thinking i don't think Jellico would put an admiral and a captain and basically bunk beds i don't care how he feels about him <laughs> right. I, I just don't see that i'm also not used to seeing a starship captain who's in the main, literally saying, ah, just give this guy over because it's 500 versus... That's just not what you used to hear in a Starship captain ever say about anybody.
3: Michael Phillips agrees with me. I think Captain Shaw is an interesting and nuanced character, very much the anti-hero. Yeah,
1: I think he's going to be interesting to see how he develops over the season. Yeah, I would like for him to move away from forcing Seven of Nine to go by Annika Hansen. I think that's... See, that's problematic, total,
3: you know, that, that's a total Jellico move. And I bet you that's why people are saying, you know, that he's just another Jellico. But maybe Tiger Blade 2002 says Jellico, he ain't. So thank you. Tiger, but I agree. I, th- I
2: think, I think Jellico is so much more actually nuanced than people think. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't think Shaw is like that. Again, I, I don't see Jellico putting people in bunk beds. That, that's just not who he is. Um, right. I Maybe that's did. all they had Do available. <laughs> that's what he said? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, real, real quick. All right, so now, Veronica, since you've just recently joined the podcast and you've only said two things yes. since we've been on. But um, <laughs> we got our first live action Ferengi with speaking lines. Yeah. In Thank you. In like 20 oh. something years. So what did you think?
0: He looked like a Ferengi, but I didn't care for the tattoos. Okay. He, I guess because I'm used to the ds 9 Ferengi. Um yeah, the tattoos go more back to next gen. Businessman, and this is more of a crime lord Ferengi. Mm, yeah. Than businessman Ferengi. So I'm giving I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm mm. not ruining the Ferengi and just covering them in tattoos.
1: Well, you were very critical of the discovery Ferengi makeup yes. design. Did you think the makeup was better this time around? Yes. Okay. That's interesting because
3: to me it's like they got all the elements of a coat of a Ferengi face present and accounted for, but not right. So like they intentionally yes. de-emphasize the ears. Yes, I noticed he had very like small they're, lobes. They're just very exaggerated <laughs> hey, normal ears.
0: Insult. Rather <laughs> he than... had small lobes. That's that's a Ferengi thing. I, it is a Ferengi taking <laughs> yeah. as a they that he didn't have the lobes and he was exactly not so he could be a real businessman.
1: Maybe that's why he's compensating with the facial tattoos, drawing attention away from his lobes. That's very possible. Now, the the Ferengi did have some tattoos, though, on Next Gen. It was like a a rank mark. Yes, exactly.
2: I liked him in that sometimes when the Ferengi, the Ferengi are so often used for comedic purposes that I like to see them kind of menacing. And this guy was more menacing. He he reminds me more of... um, you remember Cork had a cousin who was an arms dealer.
3: That's exactly mm. what I was going to say, cousin, cousin Gaela, yeah. who yeah, who would talk. He would talk a little more like this, and he was a yes. little like a rougher type of character. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's exactly what I was thinking of in in this one.
2: And mm. he wasn't he wasn't really well. He was used for comedic effect when they did the Magnificent Seven kind of stuff. But he was <laughs> he was much more of um of a friend. He didn't care, and he wasn't as comedic and stuff. Like he talked about. I remember when he was dealing with that one warlord, he was basically talking about how many people were going to die. Not Mm. kind of what you're used to for Ferengi, because again, there's so much use of comedic effect. So I like this Ferengi because he was more serious. I didn't expect him to be so short lived. But hell, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't expect him to go out the same way that the
1: Romulan dude went out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) To or whatever the belly, to Luca, whatever. Yeah. That But that brings up something that I was thinking and watching the episode. That, I mean, in the trailers, we got that line that indicated that Worf is a pacifist now. Yes. This episode, no. I did not get that impression. No. Exactly. <laughs> <So> <laughs> because he came like, in murdering dudes. Exactly.
3: It's I feel like he's like, messing
0: with Riker.
1: What?
3: She
0: said. In that. In that. In oh, that clip, in this.
3: Oh, yeah, I was like, Riker was Riker. nowhere around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, in the clip, he's messing. With I gotcha. In that, in that clip.
3: No, I don't know. Pacifist? I think, I don't know. I think that he is a pacifist when, un, unless he can't be. Mm-hmm. And if he can't be, then he's got a lifetime of Klingon warrior training to fall back on. Um, Matt says uh, that this Ferengi was a lot more sinister and less humorous and he liked it. And agree. Elaine, hello, Elaine says, yes, While I'm not super familiar with Ferengi yet, the tattoos did throw me off on Sneed. And by the way, I just want to say Sneed, it just doesn't sound like a Ferengi name. No. (laughs) Sneed. Sounds like
2: something (laughs) like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like he's from
3: a Dickens novel or something. Yeah.
2: I didn't even pay attention to the tattoos at all. I I didn't even pay attention to those. I
3: didn't didn't mind
0: his hands too.
1: I didn't mind those at all. I thought it was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. i thought he did a good job that was the guy playing him is the main guy from 12 monkeys uh so that's the, i think oh, the second yes. 12 monkeys actor we've had on the show oh, uh, yes. because, because shaw is also from 12 monkeys mm-hmm. but um oh, i thought man. he did good i thought he played a good frankie he looked more ferengi ish than yes and i wasn't even super opposed to discovery ones but uh i thought he was well portrayed mm-hmm. Worf, i don't know that he's forced into killing these guys i feel like warf could probably render them unconscious or disarm them if, yeah. he, if he really wanted to, but he wasn't holding back. So I'm interested to see what what's going on with Warf. It was super exciting when Worf showed up.
2: Yes. I hear what Alan said, a Klingon pacifist might be a little different from... Uh, <laughs> That's a, a good point. <laughs> that means you
1: only decapitate them.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I will say those was that I, I played that fight scene, which was very, very three times... Those are some sweet moves that Warf used. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never <laughs> seen—we've never seen Warf fight like that. And then you get the cool move, which is so cliche but so cool. You kill people, and then the sword goes right back. And it's
1: like shooter. magnetic.
2: Yes, oh, it was so awesome. I loved it. All right, uh, let
3: me let me get some comments because we got three big okay. ones that came in. Um, my buddy Patrick Anderson. Hi, Patrick. Says, hey, Patrick. what was the weapon Warf was wielding?
1: It's called a curleth. Yes. Thank you. It's yeah, a new brought...
3: addition to... The... Go ahead, sorry.
1: No, but I was just going to say they, they brought back Dan Curry, who designed the Batleth, out of retirement, mm-hmm. yes. to design the Kerleth, which is kind of neat. It is.
0: Nice. So Dan Curry designed the Kerleth.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, <you> know.
0: <laughs> Pointing that out.
3: <laughs> Michael Phillips says, I thought both the S- Sneed and Vadic were great villains. Both characters had a lot of depth in just their short scenes. By the way, speaking of a Dickens novel, Mr. Sneed was the name of The Undertaker. Yes, I'm, exactly. He's from Doctor Who. The name is. Mm. From, and that's what made me think of it, too. That's why I was thinking Sneed sounded like a Dickens character. But well, yeah. Sneed in
1: the show is very into human things. Maybe he's a Doctor <laughs> Who fan. <laughs> or maybe he's read a lot of Dickens. Could be. Yeah, it yeah, could be.
3: And then. Tiger blade 2002 says whomever is putting out the new stuff has very little regard for the legacy mythos. However, warfs still pretty much warf.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know if I agree with that. I know that that has been the case, but there's been a lot of different people involved over the last six years. I think a lot of folks they have in there now. I mean, yeah, look at lower decks. It's mostly legacy stuff, you know, Uh, same thing with prodigy. I think they, they, the people in there now are, are very into the, the, the legacy stuff and we're seeing Mm -hmm. that on the screen Mm -hmm.
3: and i I mean i've been pretty happy with what's happened so far this season on picard Mm -hmm. as far as legacy stuff goes i don't have any real quibble with it yeah well i do have a quibble because you know why not um and this is going (laughs) back to our, our previous topic of you know picard's son (laughs) let's just say picard's son because that's what we all Mm -hmm. expected it to be if he you know so picard is like who was your father And he said i never had a father where did he get his flipping accent if he (laughs) didn't i mean he he didn't get it from beverly like
0: like obviously like vandy beth said it's genetic
2: (laughs) i guess so yeah that was our joke last week. Cause it oh, wasn't was obvious. Yeah. That, oh. was the, that, we, that became a running yeah. joke, which those accents are, are uh, inherited.
3: Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then how come, how did Troy get hers? Cause, Good point. because the, the funny thing is that in the first season, the first time you see Loxana, she's like, Oh, your accent. It just reminds me of your father. And then when we meet her father in season seven, he's just a plain old American dude. <laughs> who did not yeah. have an accent.
0: So it's like, what? Matt Switman
3: says Beverly sent him to a British finishing school.
1: (laughs) That's very possible.
0: (laughs) Uh, It sounds like the last 20 years she was running around hijacking medicine and helping people who couldn't be helped. So I don't know where he could have got a British finishing school.
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends on where he grew up and who he grew up around, I guess. He taught in English, of course. I mean, it's just such a coincidence. Of course it is. Come on. Maybe she went back to that planet with this the Scottish planet with the uh candle. They weren't they weren't (laughs) English, but you know that's
3: true. (laughs) (laughs) And Michael Phillips says that Picard DNA is so strong, right? (laughs) Exactly.
0: He even said something in French or something that sounded French at some point in this episode. Did he? His son did.
1: Okay. I didn't I I don't
0: remember what it was now, but I remember thinking, oh gosh. They're trying to pretend he's French.
1: <laughs> I, I did notice that Vatic pronounced Picard's name like he yeah. was French. Yes, French. I noticed that. Yeah, I thought that was. Matt good. says that
3: the Picard DNA is not as strong as the Soong DNA.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that mine, Thank
3: goodness, because I don't think Patrick <laughs> can pull it off. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny.
0: I, I do like the person they have have playing Jack. He seems like a um, oh yeah, Jack would be a fun character. An he's character. fantastic.
1: I yeah. like him a lot. I'm he doesn't gonna appear really... to be around twenty years old. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> he's 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 kind of like Steve McQueen in The Blob, where he's like a thirty-year-old teenager. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man, that <laughs> that movie. Yeah, every,
2: you're right. Everybody in that movie is like thirty years old. They're teenagers. Right. It's so funny watching that. Like, I gotta get home. Mom and dad don't want me out too late.
1: <laughs> right.
2: I don't know if there's a line said- when. Riker
1: said, come on, John Luke, do the math. And I'm like, please do, because I'm a little confused about the math. <laughs> That's
0: exactly <laughs>
2: what I was thinking. It was like somebody needs to do the math because Terry Mattel is not I think it was, at one point in the show they did say something like it might have been cl- twenty closer to 25 years. So maybe. Well, they've nailed saying- it down now. Terry yeah. has said
1: on Twitter that that Frontier Day that they keep talking about is the mm-hmm. anniversary of the launch of the NX-01, which is in 2151, which puts mm-hmm. this one in 2501, which is 22 years after Star Trek Nemesis. Okay. 22 years. So
2: he's
1: okay. 22 or so. Yeah, 20, 21, 22. I mean, we don't know exactly when he was conceived, you know, yeah. but it is in 21, that 22, range. 28, 30, whatever. <laughs>
2: right. Let's think about Veronica, What you just said about Beverly and also what Jack himself said in the thing, which is uh, something to the effect of you don't know the people that you used to know. And if they're the same, do we mm-hmm. think that Beverly is running medical supplies Is she doing yeah. co- not contra- but her son was doing weapons dealing. I can't see Be- arms dealing. I can't see Beverly doing that because he literally was talking about, Hey, you know, you just give guns to both sides and let them shoot each other. Mm-hmm. And then that'll let me go in and cure pandemics and stuff like that. I don't, has Beverly gone that far where she's actually, sanctioning arms
1: dealing. i i don't think that she's just selling arms to people but i do think that they're bringing arms and supplies and medicine to people who were fighting for their freedom and things like that mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. and, and and picard even corrected him when they said you got involved with this war and he was like that's, that's a it's a revolution or they're freedom fighters or whatever it was he said yes that um yeah i mean they're they're, they're crossing some lines they're not they're not yes. just passing out band-aids when they go around these places
3: and, and I, what I think is really interesting about that is that you it, it brings to mind all of those times on uh, TNG where she and Picard would kind of have those discussions where, you know, Picard is very much in the letter of the law and she yeah. is was more like, why can't we do more? Why can't we do, mm. you know, X, Y, or Z? So right. maybe she has just like got to that point where she's like, Screw it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: I'm going to do what I heard? think is good and I'm going to do it the way that I think is the goodest or something.
2: <laughs> I, I really, in that case, I really do want to see Beverly's backstory and I hope it's a good mm-hmm. one because this is a woman who at one time was running Starfleet Medical. And I always envisioned she would have been the captain of a large medical ship, you know, the kind that goes yep. to colonies and has a crew of hundreds of thousands. So I would – I'm very curious to how she ended up in this state. Very curious. I
1: also – I'm curious about the justification because we're being asked to swallow that not only is she, you know, getting involved with all these things, but that mm-hmm. she didn't mention to Picard for 20 years that he has a yeah. son. Yes.
2: Oh, yes.
1: yeah.
3: But that's that whole like estrangement from the whole crew that's Mm -hmm. really thrown me from the first episode. Like, what is it that's like, what path has she gone down that she has like extracted herself so completely from those lives? Yeah. Like, what what would the motivation for that be? I'm, I'm really hoping that we get some kind of, you know, I mean, maybe it is a disillusionment with the whole Starfleet mentality. Maybe she just is, you know, just.
1: I don't know. I just, I don't know. Maybe so, but not even to write him a letter in that amount of time. I know. Cause he very easily could have died and never knowing that he had a son. Right. Yeah. So
3: yeah, I don't know. I mean,
2: I, I had it, a mini rant about that it, last week. About uh, oh. it, it frustrates me when women don't tell men that they have children. Cause a man should always be given the chance to step up or not. Something like, as somebody who's right. adopted, I have a very unique perspective on that so I just, I, I just hate the, I didn't want to tell you kind of thing. I yeah. agree with you, Charles. He could have died because I, honestly he should have died. No, I knew he was going to get damn sent. He ball. did die. Actually, He yeah. did. Right. <laughs> exactly.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
2: For a promo for the Epsilon 3
1: podcast. The Epsilon 3? What do we talk about?
0: It's a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast.
1: Babylon 5, what's that?
0: It's the greatest 1990s sci fi show in history.
1: How are we going to watch it? With glee and excitement. How would we rate those kind of episodes? Out of jump gates. How many jump gates? Out of five jump gates. Because it's Babylon 5. That is
2: correct. If you go to Zahadum, you will die. But you know what you won't do? You won't die listening to the Epsilon 3 podcast right here on the ESO Network.
3: It's a Matt says, I think there will be more on what exactly Beverly has been up to. Oh, yes. Clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I feel like it forward. they will
0: be getting into that next week.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and, uh, Michael Phillips says, my question is why would Worf be helping Rafi? Was he sent by her handler after she broke communication off? I hope there's a good explanation because otherwise it seems too coincidental. I think that he is the handler.
1: Yeah. He was
3: because last week the handler said to her, you are a warrior. Mm -hmm. I mean, it said it in a, in a computerized feminine voice.
1: But right. still, said the words, you are a warrior, and that's so Worf. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just the computer reading the texts. Ex- so, exactly. And then she requested an in-person meeting, and yes. then he turned up and murdered a bunch of people, you know? Yes. So, he's, so uh, it seems like Worf's working for Starfleet Security now. E- Starfleet exactly. Exactly. Um, and not Section so, 31. Not Section 31.
2: Which was referenced <laughs> today, by the way. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was.
1: yeah. <laughs> because it's not a secret. Everybody knows about it. exactly i mean it was coincidental that Rafi's husband lives on this planet i did like meeting him i like that they're they're not ignoring that whole backstory yep and he even mentioned that like she she's still like turning up at the the doctor appointments when they're they're trying her son's trying to take his kid to the doctor and she shows up trying to see the the grandbaby but i thought it was a really good scene when she's like just just give me the information he's like "I'll, i'll either give you our son's info, or I'll give you the lead that you want. Yeah. You have to choose. I thought that was real powerful because she's like, she is like she's an addict. That's sort of her nature, but also she's addicted to these like conspiracy theories and like putting putting the, the pieces together and solving the
3: puzzles. Mm-hmm. Yes, but she is also on an active mission. Well, she's not yeah. supposed to be at this point on an active mission, but in her mind, she is still on an active mission. Right. And that's the whole reason she's there is the mission.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: She's not gonna, she's not gonna take you know, like a sidestep from the mission, you know, I mean, in, in Star Trek, in modern Star Trek, you might, because they have 10 minute heartfelt conversations in the middle of a battle. So,
1: you know, <laughs> she could step aside anyway, hopefully Raffi and Worf will give each other parenting advice. <laughs> oh,
0: wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Two terrible parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe oh, would Worf love is that. finally, um, uh, come to Alexander and he is never a parent but they have a working relationship now.
2: It's possible. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be cool if Alexander showed up and he's a badass warrior now? I don't know. If, Al- if Alexander yeah. shows up, I
1: want him to still talk like he's from California. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm a Klingon, man. <laughs> 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 yes. Oh, that'd be
3: um, good.
2: Alan, you are just talking about Rafi, but one thing I was thinking and I put in my notes, she's not wrong. Because even though the Federation blamed the Romulan whose head was on Sneed's table, right. that would be like the United States saying, okay, we know who did 9-11. There's no more investigations. Why would Starfleet shut down the investigation? Because Worf kept saying they've terminated the investigation. You don't terminate the investigation on what we just saw, with that uh, Starfleet recruitment center being destroyed. So something is weird. She's not oh, yeah. wrong. Something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Of yeah. course she's, yeah. There's yeah. no way. Yeah.
1: I thought something it was a, its kind of a cool power move, too, where he's like, oh, yeah, you work for this guy? Well, here's his head in this box. <laughs> I know. I love that. That was
3: a great I love
2: moment. Because when she said I work for him, he's like, oh, really? He just oh. kept talking. <laughs> I know guy. I work for him. <laughs> right. yeah. You know how I know? Because <laughs> here's his head. <laughs> I would argue with that. Yeah. Something else that we, we've talked about many times is, is Star Trek, in some ways it's all about the Federation. It's all about the military. And sometimes you don't get a feeling about just like regular life and regular people. One thing I do like is they're very, they very gingerly introduce things like news services, news on Star Trek, which we've never really seen because the destruction of Star recruitment, that was on the news. You know, we yeah. always talk about, like, what's the regular stuff? What's life like, you know, the they exactly. watch comedy shows and stuff like that? Right. So it's kind of cool just seeing news. They just turn on the news mm-hmm. and they say, you know, blah, blah, blah. This building got destroyed. And, yeah, and I was thinking about that when war kept saying they've terminated the investigation. They said there were weapons stolen from a Daystrom Institute. Yes. And they freaking transported a whole building and dropped it out of a portal in space. And Starfleet's, like, the investigations closed because some— Romulan, who was never that dangerous, was behind it, and and that's it. Yeah. Rafi Rafi may have some issues, but I don't think she's wrong this time.
3: So, uh, on that point, Michael Phillips says, Was the investigation really terminated, or was Rafi just taken off of it? No, I think Worf said, or the the voice said that they were suspending the investigation.
1: Yeah. At least that's what they told her. We're only getting her perspective on all this. That's very true. They they could very easily have told her that. That's, and Warf is going to investigate on his own. You know who knows. That's that's a great point. Yeah. And then
3: Matt Sweatman makes possibly my favorite point of the night that the aliens from the
1: episode "The Conspiracy" are back. That's a big fan theory right now. Is it really? really? Yeah. Really? Th- th- that's there's like exciting. the YouTube videos about that and stuff. So I think that would be that would be a great payoff for why Vatic's acting like this. Like if she was just like a regular person before, but now she's got that alien queen thing inside of her. I yeah. think that would be wild.
2: Oh boy, so, I didn't even think about that.
1: I think that it might be a little over egging though. If
3: we have Vatic, if we have uh lore, if we have
1: um Moriarty and the conspiracy aliens, too, that's just a lot. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, I guess it's sort of get see, I guess we'll see how it all plays out. Like, we don't know Ex- yeah. how much Moriarty is even going to be in it or how much lore. Oh, sure, get it. But yeah, exactly. Who knows? Exactly. I, I can't wait I- to see. Both of them, but especially right. of all those hope. things, I'd rather see the conspiracy aliens. So i me hope yeah. for it. <laughs>
3: Dude, I've been wanting them to pay off on that for decades now. Oh my god, well, that would be amazing! I was like seven
1: years to, old. I've been waiting for this.
2: Yeah, because after they remember after they blew Remix' head open, they said he had been sending a signal somewhere, and then yeah. you remember the the last scene of that episode was you heard the signal. And yep. Of course, as we all know, those aliens were replaced by the Borg. But that was right. never handled after that. So yeah, yeah. they're still out there somewhere. Uh, yeah. One thing I one thing I kind of noticed, and this is not a bad thing, it's actually a good thing, is I feel the plot shifts between the Picard Riker storyline and the Rafi Wharf storyline. It almost feels like two different ep- two different um, shows going on. And that's not a bad thing because actually every time they show the Rafi storyline, I want more of it. I can actually see that being its own thing. Um, and Veronica, before you came on, you know, I talked last week about my issues with Rafi being the drug addict and blah, 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 black people, blah, blah, blah. But I'm I'm really liking Michelle Hurd's acting. Mm-hmm. And I think her and Worf together would be great. I would not at all mind seeing a six-episode series or something with just Rafi and Worf and whomever dealing with that plot. So every time they jump between them, I feel like they're ramming two different huge storylines together like i don't feel the war Rafi storyline is actually a b plot it feels like two a plots crammed into the mm. same series yeah. yeah and that's not a bad thing I can see that. well they're
1: going to intersect yeah. at some point they have to
3: yeah speaking of ramming things together can we talk mm-hmm. about vatic throwing a starship <laughs> at another oh, ship oh that, that was, was pretty wild. cool luckily <laughs> <Well, honestly, laughs> the
1: aim's was not great they just <laughs> skimmed them
2: but yeah. okay
3: But the other point is when she said, I'm going to demonstrate to you the, 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 whatever it is I'm going to do. And why at that point, didn't Shaw say shields up? Why did he wait until she grabbed a neighboring starship and hurled it at him and it's on its way. And then he says, Hey, we should put the shields up. Right. You know what? It's too late now.
2: I made that note too because the bottom line is the shields should have only been dropped to beam Picard and crew over, and then the shields immediately should have gone back up because they were still at red alert. And then I, I wrote all these notes about how is it possible that a physical device gets through the shields? But yeah. thirty seconds later, they threw some techno babble yeah. to explain how the ship actually got through the shields because I was like, "Nah, yeah. it's a physical ship. It, it, it should have bounced off the shields." And they said something about I don't know reverse polarity or some crap like that. No, just, they didn't I, say I, that. <laughs> I,
1: they even <laughs> yeah. had, like, instant LaForge, is like, like my dad always said, the laws yes. of physics can be, like,
2: <laughs> like yes. we know
1: it's impossible, guys, but isn't it cool?
3: <laughs> I really like the way that they are sort of, like, uh, dropping in the characters that haven't been introduced yet. Because we got mentions of Troy last week, we got a mention of, of Jordy last week, and this week we have his daughter talking about Lessons in engineering that her father gave her. And I'm liking that they're sort of like present even before they're present.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny you said that, Alan, because I wrote a note which was the way Crusher was introduced, the way Rafi was introduced, the way Worf was introduced. How the hell are they going to bring Jordy on? Is he going to have such a cool introduction? Is he going to come flying in with a ship and blast people? No, man. He's got a lot to follow.
3: <laughs> no, here's what it is. <laughs> here's what it is he is like what is it he's managing like the fleet museum or something uh-huh. yeah, they, yeah. They, there's something at that museum that they need they're going to have to go to Geordie to get it the Enterprise oh. D
2: yeah I was going to say like a whole starship that's
3: exactly <laughs> where I was going to go with that but I wasn't going to say it I was going to wait and see awesome. if I was but I mean come on they've got to do that
2: Yeah. Right. He's basically, first of all he's basically because like they need to have starship. a br- what sorry I thought, yeah, basically he's got whole starships in the museum, so maybe they need a starship,
3: yeah, well, yeah, I just want them to have a starship that has some actual effing lighting. I am <laughs> right. tired of this dark. I'm tired of this like you you have a close up on an actor and he's backlit because there's you know panels behind him, but there's no four lighting. I'm uh, why? why do they insist on it being so dark on the ships?
1: Yeah, I was talking about that last week where it always seems like the room next to the room they're in has lights on, and they're in the the, the room with the lights off.
3: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, okay, yeah it's kind of funny. Michael Phillips says, I was surprised that they didn't immediately realize that the transporter inhibitors, I know, right, needed yeah. to be turned off. They'd only <laughs> turn them on 30 seconds earlier.
1: Exactly. Right. And, uh, and it took Picard Jr. saying, like, the transport inhibitors, like, oh, yeah. The ones we were just talking about and setting up. Yeah,
3: Um, a Facebook user, an unnamed Facebook user, says, "Hey, Earth Station Trek, how are you all? I think this is the first live stream I have gotten. Well, (laughs)
2: welcome to the live stream.
3: Thank you so much for joining
1: us. Yeah, Uh, and we'll do it every week at eight, so at eight Eastern. So feel free to join us anytime. You're coming in like our handler. Let us know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) You are all warriors. (laughs)
2: Podcast (laughs) has been suspended."
3: Oh, that's hilarious.
2: <laughs> oh, you that's know, funny. I, I had a really weird thought, and this is um, creativity is such a strange thing because oh, hold as on, we're all, hold hmm? on, it's
3: Haven from Strange New Pod.
2: Hey, hey, hey thanks
3: so much for joining us, it's such a pleasure Welcome, to have yeah. you.
2: Thank Absolutely. you so much. Yes,
3: well, okay, I'm sorry, Keith, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, but I wanted to get was, that in real quick.
2: I was going to say it's so weird because we always talk about too much fan service and too much this and that. And it's so funny. It's Sometimes you can have almost the same material, but it's how it's put together that works. Uh Because as much as I'm looking at some fan service and some cliches like stealing a ship, how they put it together this year, Mm -hmm. I enjoy it so much more than I enjoy last year's story and the first year's story of Picard. And it's, so, and it's not because, now I'm an original series person, I love TNG, so it's not because simply, oh, they brought back the TNG gang. That's not it. Sometimes no, it's agree. just you can, take the, you can take the same material and how you put it together works. Like Charles exactly. was saying last week with the fan sort of stuff, I'm like, oh, they're going to steal a ship. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But I'm liking it. It is so mm-hmm. weird.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of it in the execution. Because like I said, I have yeah. been dreading the idea that Picard has a son since the books, <laughs> since it, there was a leak about this like 3 years ago and or 2 years ago and I've been waiting for it. But uh-huh. I mean, but like I said that moment where he finds out is my favorite moment in the show so far because it was so well executed. Yes. It was oh, the, the acting I and mean, that's going to be like a moment that's remembered by Star Trek fans for a long time is just that silent yes. exchange between Picard and Crusher. I thought it was really well done. So you're right. It's like the execution if the execution's great and the show's great, yeah. I'm fine. You know, totally.
3: Yeah,
0: it's it's funny because I think you were in here talking about it as I was in the other room watching it because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was watching it on my phone in a desperate attempt to try and finish it before the podcast was over. So I had like I had one <laughs> earbud in because I only have one earbud, so I had to like plug up the other ear so I couldn't hear what Jack was talking about. You got I didn't my hear audio talking about my audio commentary.
2: That's hilarious! Uh, but that
0: was an amazing scene. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing scene.
2: <clears throat> I didn't know, Chuck, I didn't know when I was trying to guess which scene you were referencing. I didn't know if you were referencing that scene or the fact when Picard actually yelled "Engage" after he became admiral again or captain right. again. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know which scene you were talking about because that was a thrilling scene. Where it was like he found mm-hmm. himself again, and then he goes yeah. "Engage." I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty
3: good card. Sure. That's. Your, yeah.
2: <laughs> I gotta make my voice a little.
3: <laughs> um, I believe this is Haven again, who is saying, "The lack of words reminded me of the TNG episode where they captured the one bad guy on Enterprise D, all without any words." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Keith is gone. There he is. Oh, there he's back.
2: i back.
1: Yep, you're back.
3: Are
2: you able to hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, all my in all, I mean. Controls.
1: Are we? I mean, I guess we're all pretty excited for next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah next week's got to have more Wharf and Crusher in it, so that's going to be great. Exactly. Yes. I'm ready for
3: it. Ready mm-hmm. for it. Um, I
2: um, feel like I feel like Michelle Hurd's a new actor actress. So I'm really I, I'm liking her roles in the past. Her her appearances make me cringe. I'm looking forward to her appearance every time this season. So that's cool.
3: That's great. Yeah. Matt Sweatman says, I really thought Picard was going to say F off instead of engage at the end. I did too. I was (laughs) waiting for it. I was like, he can be all sensitive and stuff about the language. But when it comes down to that moment, that's exactly what I was waiting to see if that's what he was going to say.
1: He should have yelled sheer effing hubris at her. (laughs) I'm taking it back. Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well aside from Worf and Crusher, I mean what else are we looking forward to for next week? Where do you want to see the story go? Hmm. I'm really am... looking f- forward to
3: seeing more of what um Baddock is all about. Cuz yeah. it's it's weird that she's sort of been painted as the big bad of the season and she's essentially just a bounty hunter. So I'm I'm wondering if there's more behind that. Who's got it? And I'm looking forward to seeing more of her cuz I I want her to really kind of step up and be the 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 sort of the crazy not the not crazy necessarily but the the really exuberant kind of like
1: i am a villain well i expect her to be tied in with that destruction of that starfleet base or that you know what i mean like yeah yeah she's got to be involved with that somehow so yeah it's got all tied back it's all got to tie together at some point of course yes definitely yeah. You
2: know. I'm looking forward to more Worf and Rafi and I really am curious of how is gonna be introduced because mm-hmm. they've introduced a couple of people spectacularly and I just want to see how is gonna be brought into the show because I'm looking forward to that. Right. And Troy.
3: Well and Troy, yeah. I don't know if that's next week or not, but I'm ready for um for Troy and for um comb eyes to to get on the show jordy i I, I suddenly wanked (laughs) on his name (laughs) but yeah i'm ready for the gang to be together and mr broccoli (laughs) i hope he shows up (laughs) oh my god if only (laughs) holy smokes! what about you veronica
0: i'm looking forward to uh what beverly beverly has been up to the last 20-ish years yeah
3: Yeah. yes totally i wonder if next week is just going to be like a a a a crusher heavy episode. Yeah, Uh, yeah, there could be a flashback. Yeah, absolutely. I think I wonder how much it's going to like revolve around us, finding
1: out what it is that Bev has been up to all these years. Well, they could also just be lying low in that nebula, hiding out and giving them time for conversations.
0: Right. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: right. Which I would be fine with.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, Matt Sweatman says, did you notice the name of the shuttle?
1: Or did, did they tell us that last week? I don't think so. I if think if I they told us, a... if they told us last week, I didn't notice, but I did notice when the the name plate came flying at the
2: camera. Yeah, the debris. Week. Yeah, it was the Savic. Oh, I didn't see
1: that. <gasps>
2: <gasps> oh, yeah, the, the debris came. Yeah, it briefly it
1: flew toward the screen yeah. real quick. Well, yeah, I didn't look for a name, and it was written anything. in red, kind of like the TOS shuttle names were. Yeah, yeah. So it was sort of uh, Savic. Michael yeah. Phillips
3: is wondering if this is our first bald Vulcan.
1: No. There was a bald Vulcan in at least Star Trek, the motion picture, and I think Star Trek 3 also. They like to make the Vulcan mystics bald. Yeah, that's, <laughs>
3: yeah, true. that's true. I do remember yeah. that now. I knew there was one, but I couldn't think of what it was.
1: And the healer in Yesteryear.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: wow. You're good. Correctly. <laughs> wow. Dang, you're good. Haven says, I have a feeling Vatic has something to do with lore coming in later on. Very possible.
1: Maybe, yeah. Might.
3: I wouldn't be surprised.
2: Oh
1: my right. Yeah.
3: Given um, how Lore
2: used to chew the scenery. Can you imagine Batic and Lore chewing the scenery together?
0: <laughs> There'd be, be no scenery
3: left. <laughs> no. And also, uh maybe not Star Trek three perhaps. Oh, that's the bald Vulcan. Thing. Right. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, well that was fun.
1: Yeah, all in all, fun week. I'm I'm looking forward to next week. You know, oh, I'm yeah. hoping that they can. The, I'm hoping the story makes it all the way to the end. I'm 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 hopeful <laughs> because a, episode two of last last year, we were yeah. still yeah. pretty up on it.
3: You know, yes, we were. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
3: yeah, I remember making it through. I think it was four or five.
1: It was and around. Then, yeah, it was around the midpoint,
3: and then the drop off happened.
1: We also we started teetering. We we went over the hill. <laughs>
3: exactly but i remember the first you
0: going up the hill they kind of like tumbled back down the hill that's right
3: (laughs) the the first two or three episodes last year i was super engaged Mm -hmm. because that whole like alternate timeline oh god i loved it so much it just went bananas somewhere in
1: mid-season so there's still time yeah i'm still time exactly me too at least if it goes crazy this time the whole tng cast will be there so we'll have that to (laughs) hang on to you know exactly Uh. if it goes crazy i won't even care because i'll have
3: jordy and i'll have troy and i'll have Riker, and i'll just be happy and mostly wharf and
1: (laughs) i'm really looking forward to warp i'm i really like i'm excited that warps back
3: I'm yes. I'm ready to see the whatever the change in his philosophy is and why and, you know, how strict he is about it, which apparently he's not very strict because he slaughtered a bunch of people this week.
2: <laughs> I so, only decapitate people who have it coming. <laughs> he may do that thing where he kills as many. But there's a there's a thing that some Christians say where they'll say something like they'll literally say something like I'll shoot you and then pray for your soul if I have to. So, <laughs> may maybe the kind like he kills people and then he goes and like meditates and burns some incense yeah. for a while and yeah. then does it again.
1: <laughs> I'm really sorry afterwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Alan, All right. where can people find more of you?
3: Well, I have another podcast called modern musicology and it's really damn good and people should go and listen to it if they are music fans and uh, in an upcoming episode we have an interview with Tom Bourgeois who is an editor of a book called nothing but a good time all about the hair metal scene in LA and uh, the rise of bands like Motley Crue and Striper and Twisted Sister and all that stuff and I can't wait Because it's such a fun book, and I can't wait to talk to this guy. Um, So you can go to Cosmic Creative, K-O-Z-M-I-C creative.com, and you can see all the books that I've done and all the books that I've published by other authors and all the podcasts that I do. Wow. Yeah. And how about you, Keith?
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups.
1: And how about us, Veronica?
0: Feltnerdy.com. And? monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys
1: yeah and we have a big interview coming up also do we want to talk about that or will we want not want to jinx it
0: uh let's 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 hold it off
1: okay we'll, we'll hold it off but yeah. we have a big interview coming up as well yes is um it, and is it with mickey <laughs> no it is not okay <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 haven't gotten that yet
1: all right Veronica, do you have a closing for us this week
0: yes and I've been having to repeat it to myself because I had it and I've lost it several times. Now's and your I've, chance. I've lost it right now. Hold on. Okay. This podcast is terminated.
3: Hey,
1: perfect. That was good.
3: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Before we go, though, I would like to say, since we are part of the um, ESO network, I just want to say <laughs> that one of the uh, one of the recurring hosts on uh, one of the other ESO shows, Darren Noel, passed away yesterday Mm. very suddenly and unexpectedly Mm. and he's a buddy of mine i've known him for at least 20 years we used to run around together all the time and i just want to just as part of the eso network i just want to say darren i love you and i'm going to miss you and i'm so sorry that you're gone that's it so we'll be back next week and Everybody, keep
2: trekking on. And thanks to everybody who participated tonight. Matt yes, Elaine, Michael Haven. Yeah, um, Wayne. Really appreciate you. Right, uh, right. we appreciate you guys uh, joining the show. It always helps. Makes the show more, more uh, engaging. Mm. Yeah. Engaging. Disengage. Yeah.
1: Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating.
0: or by shopping at the Tea Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.